0: If you didn't know, we had a a large group of youth that were gone at at convention a, a week ago. And if you also are wondering, what are we all about? We like having fun, sure. We like wearing dumb costumes, sure. But that's what we're about, which is lives being transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Because God was transforming students. There were students that came back that had their lives transformed. And Here's what I believe is, I believe he wants to do the same thing in every single one of our hearts. And you might be here this morning, and maybe it's been a long time since you've been in church. Guess what? God wants to do something in you today. Okay, I want to share just something. Amber shared it earlier, but I want to challenge you. Some of you students came to NYC and, and you had your life transformed and you've never taken the step of water baptism. I want to challenge you that this is your time to do that. Okay? But I want to say the same thing because there are some of you here that you have said, I want to follow Jesus with all my heart. And you've never taken the step of water baptism. You've never taken that obedient step to say, God, I will do what you've asked of me. And I want to challenge you that this is your time. Don't say, I've waited too long. It's going to be awkward now. No. Say yes to Jesus. And next Sunday, join us for the baptism class and be a part of that, I know it's something important for your life, all right. Awesome. Well, I want to welcome everybody here this morning. If this is your first time, we're so glad that you are with us, as well as those that are with us online. We love that you join us today as we're going to continue with the series that we have been in Kingdom Living as we are walking through the Sermon on the Mount. We're walking through Jesus' words, probably his most important teaching about what it looks like. To live in the kingdom of God, to serve and to follow Him. And this morning, I got something for you. I have got the shortest three point sermon you've ever heard in your life, okay? And then I'm gonna invite a guest up here that's gonna help me for a little bit, and then we're gonna do an activity together. That's what's gonna take place this morning, all right? So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse number 1. If you would, would you stand with me across the room? As we're going to read our text, it's our tradition around here, nothing sacred about it. Just to say, God, we honor your words. It's a little bit longer here as we're going to walk through this. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, says this Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jump down to verse number 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they've received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we would listen to your words. Jesus, you gave these words 2,000 years ago, but God, you're wanting to speak to our hearts today. And so, Lord, may we hear your voice. May we respond accordingly. We pray that in Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I want you to raise your hand if, if you like people who are arrogant, self-promoting, and self-righteous. Raise your hand. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. None of us, like nobody likes people like that. And guess what? God isn't a big fan of that stuff either. He doesn't really like that stuff. And so he gives us this warning right here in Matthew chapter 6. And it starts by saying this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen. Now, I don't think, uh, we use the NIV translation around here. Usually I like the translation or I'm able to expound. I don't like this translation. I don't think it's, it's clear enough because the more uh, clear understanding is that, that word be careful is to beware, be on guard, like watch out. This is like a warning symbol Jesus is giving here. It's like, don't do this. Be careful that you don't do this stuff in front of other people to be seen. Now, if you've been with us through this series, this is confusing because like three or four weeks ago, I got up here for a verse from Matthew chapter 5, and it says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You're like, which way do you want to have it, Jesus? Like, am I supposed to do this stuff for people to see, or am I not supposed to do this for people to see? We have to understand as Jesus is referring to two different things in these two different verses, okay? The first verse... The context of what Jesus has been talking about, he's talking about moral character, like the the moral actions you take. Things like humility and righteousness and mercy and love and reconciliation. These are things we should do in front of others. We should be merciful. We should be loving. We should be generous. These are things that we should be in front of other people. And they should see the moral way we live our lives and say, these people are different. But right here, he's talking about spiritual practices. And specifically, he gives three examples, right? The spiritual practice of giving to the needy, spiritual practice of prayer, and the spiritual practice of fasting. And so I'm going to give you three points in a big so what real fast here. So if you're taking notes, follow along. Point number one this morning is this. Don't make a scene. Okay? Don't make a scene. He gives three examples to say this. Don't make a scene. What's he say in verse number two? He says, so... When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. Now, this one drives me crazy. Can some of you relate to this? You ever seen like a, a rich person or some organization that they want to donate to some nonprofit or something like, like that? And then what do they do? They get the fattest check that they could possibly find. They get this, it's like six feet wide. They write everything across, invite all the media in, come take pictures and video footage of me giving this thing to them. Like, look at how great I am. You're like, I'm glad they're giving money, but like, I don't know that they care about the thing they're giving to. They want credit. That's what they want, right? They're making a scene. And Jesus is saying, hey, that's not how we live. And we might not have millions of dollars to give away, like you may not have millions of dollars to give away and make a big deal about this, but we all have a tendency to want a little credit, don't we? We want people to notice when we do things that matter. In fact, uh, I have this happen. You guys know this of me. I don't know what any single person gives in this congregation. I will never know what you give. I don't want to know, okay? I want to pastor people, not dollar signs. And so I don't know. We've got a team that deals with that stuff. I don't. Okay, so... So on occasion, though, I'll have people, and I can tell they kind of want me to know. Because I'll have people that'll walk up to me, hey, pastor, like, where do I put my check? I'm like, it's on the back wall. It's clear. We all know where to put the check. But they'll hand the check, like, facing out toward me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, fold that thing. And I stick it in the, in the, in the little box back there. And I can see them disappointed. They wanted me to know how much they were giving. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I want you to get a reward from the Father, not from me. It doesn't really matter. Right? Don't make a scene. This isn't about... Li- and so he's saying, when you give to the needy, you're going to give to needy people. Do that, but don't make a scene about it. But he goes on from just giving to the needy. He talks about prayer. Right? He's saying, when you pray, don't make a big scene about this thing. You're not trying to prove how spiritual you are in front of others. I tell it all the time. How many of you know King James prayers? Right? They don't talk like that normally, but it's time to pray in front of everybody. Oh, Heavenly Father... Your goodness and greatness are beyond measure, Lord. You are, I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> calm yourself down. Okay, you don't talk like that normally. Like, like, let's just pray to the Lord. Let's not try to make a scene here. Okay, All right. The same thing can happen when it comes to fasting. And I've told you about this one before because we've looked at this passage before. When it comes to fasting, it drives me crazy. People make a scene, right? Because it's saying, listen, when you're fasting, don't let anybody know. Like, be quiet about it. You ever known somebody fasting and they're walking around, oh, my gosh, I'm so hungry. Why are you hungry? Because I'm fasting. Don't tell me. Like, the point is to make a big deal about it. Or when people fast from social media, this is where everybody's guilty. Hey, everybody, right? I'm fasting from social media for the next three weeks. So if you need to get a hold of me, you're going to have to text me. I'm like... Nobody cares that you're not on social media. The world doesn't revolve around you, okay? Not that big of a deal, right? But this is how we live oftentimes. Like we want the credit. We want want people to recognize, see, look at what I'm doing. And Jesus is saying, listen, kingdom people, don't do that. That's not how we live. We don't do that. We don't make a scene. We do it quietly for our Father in heaven. Why do we do that? Point number two is this. Choose the right rewarder. Choose the right rewarder. What does he say in verse 1? He says, be careful not to do any of this stuff. Why? Because if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Saying, listen, if you do it for everybody else to see, guess what? You got your reward already. They already gave you a reward. You get your little props. Everybody thinks you're all spiritual and all this kind of stuff. Don't do that. If you do it quietly, I will reward you. I will bring some. Like, go ahead and do all the stuff. Make the big thing. Feel spiritual to everybody else out there. That's fine. You'll be rewarded. It just won't last. Because the rewards here don't last. But the reward I give you, that lasts. That's eternal. That matters. And so what he's saying here is, you better make a better investment. Right? God isn't saying don't make good investment. He's saying make the better of investment when it comes to this. When it comes to doing things, don't do it so that you can get temporary rewards of a good perspective, good, good reputation from other people. Do it so that I can bless you. Do it for my kingdom, because my eyes are on you. I see those things you do in quiet. You may not think anybody else sees it, but I do. And I'll reward those things. That's what he wants to do in our lives. All right? He goes on to point number three, and it's this: it's when, not if. You notice what he says, when you give to the needy, when you pray, when you fast. It's super subtle here, but here's what Jesus is making clear. These activities are normal for a follower of Christ. These activities are expected as a follower of Christ. Like it isn't like, oh, I wonder if I should give to people who are in need. Nope, you should. That's what Christians do. That's what believers do. This is how we orient our lives, to say, hey, we're going to support and help those that are in need. And so, so that's expected. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we do that? Are we those kind of people? When there's opportunities, when we see needs, are we the person that leans in and says, how can I be a part of it? Or are we the kind of person that holds back? When we see a, a friend who's in need, when we see, hear about a need that exists in some way, are we the one that leans in and says, how could we be a part of it? Is there a way we can be a part of this? Or one that says, nah, not my issue, I'm not getting into that, I'm not going to be a part of that. See, he's saying kingdom people lean in. We look for opportunity to give. In the same way, it's expected that we would be people of prayer. See, listen, I'm expecting that my people, they're, they're the people that are connected to me, that they have relationship with me. And so the question we got to ask is, am I a person of prayer? Is that how I, Am I living that way? Because that's, that's what's normal if you're a follower of Christ. Is that normal for me? And some of us might like the answer to that question. Some of us might not. And the question is, then, what are we going to do based on that answer? How, how are we going to respond to that? But the last one is when you fast. How many of you just genuinely, you just love giving up food? That's just your, like, nobody does. Like, that's not, in case you're wondering, what is, what is fasting? In the most specific term, it's, it's giving up food for spiritual purposes. Like, that, that's the primary. But you can fast things other than food. There are people that fast other things than food. You might fast social media. Just don't tell the world about it, okay? You find other things to fast, that's fine. But, but here's what Jesus is saying. That's normal for a follower of Christ. Like, that's normal. That's expected. The question is, do we fast? Is that a, part, a normal part of our life? And I'm going to give you a resource in a moment that can kind of help you with that. But... Um, these are the questions that Jesus is asking, and this is what he's challenging us to. He Remember, this whole Sermon on the Mount, he's trying to clarify, what does it look like to live in my kingdom? What do my kingdom people look like? And he's given us some very specific actions that we can be a part of. All right? I expect you to do these things, but you have to get the heart. He doesn't expect us to do these things so the world sees us. Why does he want us to do them? For him alone. That we would be connected to him. That there would be a deeper purpose behind these. And so we get to our big so what, we always say this, so what, what's the point of this thing? Big so what this morning is this, God's desire is genuine hearts. God's desire is genuine hearts. He's not looking just for you to do a bunch of stuff, right? And, and actually, I think when I look at this statement, this really could be one of the core thoughts of the entire Sermon on the Mount. He's looking for genuine hearts. That's what Jesus is looking for. So, so he's not just looking for you to put on a, a show for everybody, or a show for him, like, God, look how great I am, like, he's not looking for some religious duty, like, I've got all these things, I just have to do these things and I'm just keep checking boxes, all I'm doing is checking boxes so I can prove my worth before God, it's not good. He's not even looking for you to try and work on making sure you have a good spiritual reputation in front of everybody else. That's not what he's interested in. He's interested in genuine hearts that are responding to his love and adoration. And I want to ask you a question, and this might, might meddle with you a little bit, but be honest. What's the motivation behind some of the spiritual practices that you engage in? What's the real motivation? Let's be honest with ourselves. I would bet, I would bet that there are some of us in this room that we have an amazing spiritual reputation in this place, because in this place... Like we can get up and we can worship our guts out. We're up doing this stuff, right? And we're serving and we're doing all these. And we can say the right thing and we can go pray with people. But then when we leave this place, none of that goes with us. Because we're putting a show on because we think that's what spirituality is. It's playing the part. It's looking the part. And that, see, God, I'm playing the part. And God's saying, yeah, but that wasn't the point. I want your heart. I don't, I don't want you to try and play a part. I want you to genuinely serve and respond to me. I want when you pray, I want you to do it in a quiet room, not for the world to see. I want you to do it so I see you. Like when, when you fast, you're not doing it to try and connive anything. You're doing it because you genuinely want to pursue me at a deeper level. And when you give to those who are broken and lost and those who are struggling, you're not doing it so you get everybody else sees all your amazing stuff. But you have a heart that says, God, you met me and my need you gave to me when i had nothing and i didn't deserve it and god i just want to give as a reflection of your goodness that's what jesus is asking of us that's what he's inviting us into and that's way better than playing the religious game isn't it see that's what he's inviting us to so i want to pause for a moment i want us to have a moment of prayer over our own hearts and so if you would comfortable to do so would you just place your hands over your heart can we have a moment of just prayer? And I want you, in the next moment, I want you to have an honest moment with God to say, God, God would you speak to my heart in this area in these things? God, would you help me to pursue a gen- If there's somewhere I'm off, God, would you do that in my heart? Can we pray together? God, we thank you so much. Lord, that you do want us not to play a game. You want us to really connect to you in a deep way. And so, God, we acknowledge and we repent of the ways that we try to just put a show on. We ask that you would forgive us of those things, Lord. God, I pray that our, we would never be doing these spiritual things for the purpose of uh, trying to get rewards here, but would we do it for our Father? Would we, As we say, would we play to an audience of one in our lives? God, that everything we did would be to glorify and honor you, Jesus. God, have your way in us, Lord. We, God, we know that we're still mess up, but God, I pray that you would help us to walk more and more to honor you and less about ourselves, Lord. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Boom. Shortest sermon you've ever heard. But what I want to do here, we've taken the time, we looked at the text, that was kind of the primary here in the text, and this this text deals with three different areas, okay? Three different areas. And I think giving to the needy, I think we all know how to do that. If there's a need, we should give to it. Make sense? Boom. Done. Okay? The second one, fasting. That's a bigger picture. And I would guess there's some of you, you're like, Greg, I have never heard of fasting before. I have no idea what fasting looks like. I have no idea how to do that. Good news for you. Uh, Pastor Micah McDonald shared a powerful message on fasting this past winter. On February 8th, if you want to know about fasting and you weren't here, on February 8th, he preached a message called This Kind. February 8th, This Kind, right here in our church. And if you need to have a deeper understanding of what is fasting, what does it look like, it is so powerful in our lives. And some of you, that's the piece of your faith that you've been missing out on. I would challenge you to go watch that message this week because I think it can help you in your faith journey. February 9th, message this kind by Pastor Micah, all right? But this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to spend the rest of our time focusing on the third element, and that is the idea of prayer. And to get some help, uh, we have uh, one of our staff members here is our prayer and discipleship pastor, Pastor Tanya Melody, and I'm going to invite her up to the stage. Can you give it up for Tanya? as She joins us.
1: You're going to go
0: there. Slide over a little, slide over a little bit, sorry. Put your chair too far away. Hi, Tanya. Hey. Good to see you. Uh, good to be here. Before we dive in here, I just want to ask another question. How many of you have ever gotten bored, distracted, or fallen asleep when you prayed? Raise your hand and be honest. Look around the room. It's everybody. Okay? And guess what? You're in good company. The disciples who sat by Jesus and were taught exactly how to pray from Jesus fell asleep, and they were confused, and they struggled. And here's the thing that I see when it comes to prayer, is that we all feel bad about the fact that our prayer life isn't better than it is. Like we feel guilty, like, oh, I fell asleep, oh, I get distracted. You're right, because the enemy doesn't want you to engage in prayer. Because when you engage in prayer, you engage with a God Almighty. He doesn't want that. So he makes you feel bad about yourself, so maybe you'll never do it again. And we have to just let that go a little bit. say, you know what? This thing of prayer, we all struggle with it. I struggle with it. Tanya is one of the most powerful women of prayer that I know, and she can struggle with it. That's just how it is. So it's okay. Set yourself free a little bit. But what we want to do is just take a couple of moments to talk about the idea of prayer and then to give us some tools as we walk out the door this morning, all right? And so we're going to talk about five ideas. So if you're taking notes, there's five things you can write down here when it comes to prayer to understand prayer at a deeper way, okay? First one is this. Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is communion with God. It's not performance to God, like, oh, I got to say the right things and do this perfectly and impress him somehow. And it's not performance for others. We already said that. We don't need the King James Version prayers. Just pray. Talk to God. Like, that's what this thing is, right? Right? Go for it. Yeah,
1: so this whole idea about communion with God, maybe to some of you it's like, well, what does that look like? So it's just like being with him. And when I made uh, like it personal and I brought my real self with my real thoughts and my real emotions and my real desires to a real God, it was a game changer. Hmm. And so when I did that, I was able to make it not a performance because, like, who wants to perform? Then you're graded, <laughs> right? And then I just, I, I pull back. And so, anyway, he took away all the barriers. And so I kept wondering, why do I keep putting these performance barriers up for him? So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we could do the same thing. We we do it for one hour. Have you ever been asked to pray in public and you break out into a hot sweat? Has that ever happened to some of you?
1: Maybe hives? Yeah, hives, whatever.
0: <laughs> like, like seriously, like, I, it's it's why We find, like... I'm praying in front of people like I do it all the time. So it's like I never think about that. But there's times when I see mature believers who are deep followers of Christ and like they freak out at the idea of praying in front of others. And it's there's this sense of like I've got to do something great. And it's like, "No. We're just we're going to be with, we were just being with each other, now we're going to be with God for a moment, right?" It's a different way to think about it. And we can let some of that stuff go, okay? Second thing is this. Prayer is a privilege. Like just think of who you get to pray to.
1: Okay, this whole idea, it's hard to get, um, I just think we're all the same. It's hard to get your mind wrapped around like, we're talking to the creator of the universe. And even just just think about like talking to somebody that's super influential or whatever. And and we think, well, why would they want to talk to us? But God wants to meet with us. And just again, that whole thought, he's taken away all the barriers and he's never in a hurry. I'm always in a hurry. But he's never in a hurry to talk to you. He's never in a hurry to talk to me. So like, I just wanna take away those barriers that he loves us and he wants to be with us.
0: Yeah, and you think about it, uh, you know, if you had the the famous person, the president, some other person that you look up to and esteem, imagine that they wanted to talk to you and you ignored them. It's a weird, bizarre thought, like, The president really wants to talk to me. I don't want to talk to him. But functionally, I live that way a lot of times, Mm -hmm. right? I think functionally, a lot of us live. Like the God of the universe is desiring communion with us, like desiring relationship with us. And yet we are ignoring him. Say, I don't really want to spend time with you. And it's this privilege, like the almighty, powerful God of the universe that we have access to. And you were praying it earlier this morning. We start the Lord's Prayer. Our Father... In heaven, we get to say, the God of the universe, we get to call him Father. It's, that's mind-boggling to think about.
1: It is. And it's like he's defined the relationship for us. He said, this is who I am. And it's not just you and me. It's us. We are in a family. Yeah. And I, I just want to say, in regards to this, A.W. Tozer has said something that's really impacted my prayer life. And it's, what we think about God is the most important thing about us. Yeah. And think about that. I brought that into my prayer life, and when I realized that he's taken away all barriers and he loves me and wants to be with me, I could interact with him in a different way, even though he's like, knows everything and has all power, so.
0: Yeah, and I'll just say, because some of you, when I said our father in heaven, that gives you like chills, because you had a really bad dad. So calling him father, like you're like, yeah, I don't want to talk to him. Okay, he's not like your dad. He's good. He cares for you. He's a a self-sacrificing father who would give anything for you. That's the privilege that we have of going to him, okay? Look at the third one, it's this, is that prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a conversation. We get so much caught into monologues. How many of you give monologue prayers? God, here's my list and all the things I got for you, right? That's what normal prayer is for a lot of us. But that's not really all that prayer is. Prayer is a conversation.
1: It is, and just like truth to be told, I don't know about you, but like this whole monologue idea, I would, my my relationship with the Lord has changed in the last 35 years, but I remember sitting there, and maybe you're in this place, where I'd sit and I'd be like, okay, and it was just like me talking, but until I got my, it was this two-way conversation, and this is his word to me, and if I would get into this and allow him to, to talk to me through that, and then I would ask him questions, I'd be like, what does this mean? And then it's just his word and his spirit, and we would have this conversation just like in real time, but that grows, and at first it's kind of awkward, because it is just you sitting there because God is God, <laughs> you know? So um, it's yeah. different, but yeah. ha- we have to step into that.
0: Yeah, and I would echo that. A lot, of, a lot of people view their Bible reading and prayer time as two separate things. It's not for me. Like the, my, my start of prayer is usually open the word and I say, God, what are you saying? And I start reading. And, and my prayer oftentimes is merely a response to what God has spoken to my heart here. As he begins, I hear, that. oh, God, would you challenge that in my heart? Oh, God, help me see that. Help me understand that. It's this... Give and take, it's a conversation, not just simply me talking to God. Because I'd run out of things just like you'd run out of things if that's all we're doing. But I'm saying, God, you're speaking and His Holy Spirit does. This is living and active, right? It's living and active and His Spirit will quicken it to your hearts as you allow God's space to actually do that.
1: Yeah, so just as you say, it's not just talking, it's it's listening. And it's writing down and remembering what He says to you as well. Because I also have amnesia when it yeah. comes to <laughs> what He says sometimes.
0: Fourth one is this, prayer is a discipline. It's a discipline, right? How many know you don't go to the gym unless it becomes a discipline, right? But there are benefits that come from that. How many know even in a marriage, right, in a marriage, you can love your spouse, but if you don't have the discipline of spending time together, like, it doesn't happen. You have to prioritize it. And that's the same thing when it comes to prayer.
1: Yeah, I have to schedule it, and I have to do it at a regular time. I like to meet in the morning because I want to hear what he has to say. But I just, like, put it in your... Put it in your phone. And then also, in regards to being a discipline, I'm like, okay, I want to sit here for X amount of time. But in the beginning, it was like two minutes. Seriously, I set my timer. And I'd be like, you know, is it, are we done yet? But set a timer or whatever it is, but schedule it.
0: Yeah. The last one is this. Prayer is a journey. Prayer is a journey. You ever feel bad because you see somebody else and you're like, they're a better prayer than I am. Yeah, they're probably further down in the, along in the journey than you are. When you're new to prayer, it doesn't matter. Some of you are like, it's not just being new to faith. You have maybe been in the faith for a long time, but you've never engaged in prayer. And praying for a minute seems like eternity to you. And there's others of you that praying for an hour feels like a breath. It's just, it's like that. And it's a journey. It's a, it's a process that you're a part of. And I love, Tanya told me a story, and I just love the story when she first came to faith. So why don't you share that story? <gasps>
1: It's embarrassing, but I, I will share it. So just, to, you know, being afraid of praying, new Christian, and I was like, I was going How out. How old with, were you
0: when you came to faith?
1: Uh, 24. Cool. This was a long time ago,
0: <laughs>
1: um, but we're not counting. So anyway, I'm out, and I'm like, this is the time I'm going to pray for my meal. I'm not, I'm not eating until I pray for my meal. So I play with my food for a long time, and I'm like, oh. Goodness, I'm so afraid. I don't know if you guys can relate to this, praying in public. So I, truth be told, went into the ladies' restroom, closed the stall. I prayed for my meal, and I'm like, there, I did it. But honestly, it was the craziest thing. And then I went and ate my cold meal. But honestly, you guys, start where you're at. I don't know what your hindrances are or what what obstacles you have. Just remove him. He wants to be with you, and he's never in a hurry.
0: Yeah, and I would say, as I shared, there, there are people in my life that are just powerful people of prayer. Tanya is one of them, and it started with her praying in a stall. Okay, so so it's okay where you are. Start where you're at. Okay, sorry, don't bring the food into the stall. That sounds even more disgusting. But okay, but just just start where you're at. Okay, and so here's what I did. We we wanted to give something a practical in your hand, and so uh, this morning you'll notice. Uh, you received one of these cards when you walked in the door this morning, right? You received one of these cards. If you missed one of these cards, lift your hand up high, and the ushers are going to walk around and make sure that anybody who's got their hand raised gets one of these cards, okay? They're going to kind of roll around. Ushers come, for, look around for these. I want everybody to have one of these cards in your hand, okay? What you're going to find on this card, on the back side of this card, uh, you'll find that there is a model of prayer based on the Lord's Prayer, okay? And uh, what we've done is tried to create a tool for you that you can take with you to be able to help you in prayer. Uh, Because if you're you're like me, it's very easy to come with one form of prayer, which is here's my request. But there's other ways that we can engage in prayer that God can invite us. And so this is going to help you. And so you've got uh, this card. I want to kind of walk through this with you real quick. There's four areas. The first area is the area of praise. Praise. You remember, what does the Lord's Prayer begin with? our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's beginning with praise. And so what is praise? Praise is declaring who God is and what he's done in your life. It's thanking him and celebrating and praising him for who he is and what he's done in your life. And so for me, a lot of times, God, I praise you. I praise you that you're loving, that you're faithful, that you're good. Sometimes it's Thanksgiving. God, I thank you for what you've done, what you've blessed me with this past week, the way that you were with me. It's time to be able to speak those things out before God. Okay. And so that's point number one, or first step. Second one is submission. What is the next part of the Lord's prayer? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think a lot of times we come to God with like, God, do what I want. But I think it's really, really good for us to start in a place of submission where we surrender our will to God's will. And so we say, God, what I'm dealing with right now, God, would you have your way in it? Like some of you, you've got a, a job or you've got a decision you've got to make about your career or something like that. Have you prayed the prayer of God, what do you desire? God, I submit even what I'm wanting in my life. God, I submit that to you. Lord, I ask that you would have your way. God, would you guide my steps? Would you lead me in what you want rather than me just fighting for that thing? Right? Can we pray prayers like that in our own personal lives? Prayers of submission. The third area is that of our requests. We have requests for others, for yourself. Remember Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. God says, bring your request, Present your request." This is an invitation. And a lot of us, this is the only part of prayer that we get. Is is we get it. Yeah, I'm going to tell God what I want. That's great. And he, he gives us the privilege. We are his children. We get the privilege of coming and presenting our requests before him. That's a good part of this, okay? Now the fourth part is this. Confession. Confession. It's acknowledging where you are out of alignment with God. I think this can be an area that we, we don't always take hold of very often, right? You bring your heart before God, as it says in the Psalms, where we bring our heart before God and say, God, would you shine your light on my heart? Is there anything in me that I, I need to confess to lay down before you? It, it, it's the predecessor to repentance. Repentance demands we have moments of confession. But repentance goes the next step and says, God, I confess this thing, and then I turn away from it, and I'm going to walk toward you, okay? And so there's an opportunity. And so this is something you could have with you. I would encourage you to keep this in your Bible. This could be something that you maybe take, you maybe hang somewhere, wherever it is that you pray. You can pray right through. This isn't some like magic formula. This is just a, a model of prayer. But you know what else is available in this? Is that it's a way for you to kind of look and take an assessment of your own prayer life. Because as you look at this, you might realize, you know what? I do a lot of requesting, and I don't do any of the other stuff. Or maybe some of you, you love to praise and worship. You're like, man, I spend tons of time in praise and worship, but I never really have times of confession before God. And this could be one of those things that can help you and guide you in your own faith journey. You say, God, God, I need to spend, I'm just gonna spend some time today just in submission before you. I'm gonna pray over the areas of my life and I'm gonna offer them to you, right? These are steps that we can take. But this can be a tool that you can use in your life. And I want you to take hold of this and and leverage this as something in your life. But the reason why we did it built around the Lord's Prayer is that I'm guessing this ain't going to last you till you die. Okay? This is going to get lost sometime. It's going to get torn up. It's going to get thrown out. But you know what you can do for the rest of your life? Is you can go to the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew chapter 6. And you can read them one line at a time and pray that prayer that Jesus prayed. And then use that as a means to pray into your own life. Using the word to guide you. And I would say this, the the transformative moment in my faith journey was when the scripture became the the guide for my prayer, honestly. And I think it can be in your life as well, all right? But we can't talk about praying without praying. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me across the room. And we're going to take a moment, and I'm going to lead us through a time of praying like this, okay? And for some of you, you've never prayed more than 10 seconds. You're about to do that, okay? Some of you, this is going to feel like a blip on the radar, but we're going to take a moment to pray together. Let's the keys play for a moment. I want I want us to take just a moment to pray on your own. If you want to come down to an altar and kneel, if you want to kneel where you're at, you want to sit where you're at, that's fine. But right now, over the next five to seven minutes, we're going to pray individually. And I want you to have a moment with God, okay? If you're like me, you can get distracted. So when I get distracted, I don't pray quietly in my mind. I'll pray, I'll move my lips even if I don't make a sound because it helps me stay focused better, okay? But if you want to pray out loud, you're welcome to do so. But let's have a moment with God and spend some time in prayer, okay? And so we're going to begin with the first step, which is to praise. We're just going to praise for a few moments, okay? And so right now for a moment, just declare who God is and thanksgiving for what he's done in your life, all right? Let's take a moment to do that. Father, we praise your you, Jesus. move into a time of submission. Let's just begin to pray. Maybe you've got a circumstance in your life you just need to submit it. say, God, your will not my will. God, I lay it down. Would you have your way? Just have a moment to do that. a time of requests so maybe it's a request for your own personal life maybe it's for your family it's praying over your family or maybe there's somebody that you know that's got a health thing whatever that that you need to just pray and intercede let's have a moment just to to intercede for others and to lift our requests up to God it's our privilege as believers move into a time of just confession. So maybe there's something already on your heart you know that you need to just ask forgiveness and confess to the Lord. Or you might just pray, Holy Spirit, would you reveal, is there something in my life I need to turn to you? Just have a moment of confession or response right now. God, we thank you as, as a heavenly father, you hear our prayers. You hear our hearts. You see us, Lord God, and we just thank you for that, Lord. Can we just transition to a time? Can we just begin to, again, declare the praise of God? But I'm going to ask you, earlier you were praising God with your mouth closed, a lot of you. I'm going to challenge you for the next moment. Would you open your mouth and let your own ears hear your mouth declare the praises of God? All right? As a church, come on, begin to speak your praise out to God. Say, God, you are powerful. You are worthy and you are holy and you are gracious. You are good in every way, God. We thank you that you hear us. You are not a God who is far off. You are a God who is near us. You are a God who pursues us. You are a God who invites us toward yourself. And so we praise you, Lord Jesus. We worship your name, God. We worship your name in this place. We worship your name in this place, Lord Jesus. We worship your name, Jesus. You are holy, God. You are holy, God. You are worthy, God. Come on, let's worship Him. Father, we worship you in this place. We honor you, God. God, we don't want to do the religious thing. We don't want to just do the put the show on thing. God, we want to be with you. We want to meet with you, God. So God, I pray that you would grow this idea of being with you in our hearts, Lord. Deepen our hunger for you, God. God, I pray that we would grow increasingly dissatisfied with the things of this world and have a deeper and deeper hunger for you, Lord, to walk with you to live with you, God, to serve you, and to be with you, Lord, we pray. We pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. I'm going to give a congratulations because there are some of you, that was the first time you prayed for more than a minute. Way to go. That's the journey. It's the journey. We're on it together. And it's a a thing we grow in. And so I want to give you a challenge this week. And the challenge is very simple is this, set aside time each day this week for intentional prayer. For some of you, you might set aside two minutes. Do it, it's better than zero minutes, okay? For some of you, maybe you're gonna increase, for maybe you're you're gonna have a set time. For some of you, maybe there's gonna be a, you know, a, a, a different place that you're gonna go to than you normally do. For some of you, you're simply gonna take this with you and you're gonna pray in a way maybe you haven't regularly prayed. You're going to expand the way that you engage with God. For some of you, you're going to open your word, and you're going to pray in response to God's word. You're going to have a conversation with God as you go to Scripture, all right? But our challenge and my hope is that this week, the prayer level of Zoe Church would go like this, okay? That's my Because Jesus said this, my house will be a house of prayer. And rather than feeling guilty that, it, that we haven't been people of prayer in the past, we're not going to feel guilty about it. When we mess up, we're not going to say, oh, we're, oh, no, I got distracted. Oh, no, I fell asleep. We're not going to worry about any of that. We're just going to seek God and know that His invitation is nearness to Him. Amen? Can we do that this week? Awesome. That's great. I want to give you one other thing just to be aware of because some of you don't know this. Every Sunday, we have a group that gathers here at 8 a.m., and praise from 8 a.m. till 8.45 on Sunday mornings. I come and join with that group. I get to pray. They take a moment to pray over me, but really we're praying over the church and praying over our services on Sunday morning. And maybe you're like, you know what? I'd love to be a part of a group that prays. Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 20 people that gather, but we take time. We meet right over there on the where the youth go, right, in that, right on the other side of the kids' area. We meet there Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. And I want you to know it's an open invitation. If any of you wanna join from 8 to 8.45 on any Sunday, we would love to have you join us for that. Amen? All right, I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. If you've got a need this morning, you want somebody to pray with you, please come. Allow them to pray